Hey, what's up, everybody? Hey, everybody. It is Garrett Anderson coming at you live on, hold on, let me pull my phone out of my pocket, Tuesday, October 18th. I've been writing that date down all day at my job. I have to use uh, uh, date stamps on things. And, uh, oh, Jack is barking to go out. Tell you, if it's not one thing, it's another. Be right back. All right, and I'm back, and Jack is outside. Um, Charlie's over here staring at me. He's my cat. Charlie, the little Siamese buddy. Um, so, yeah, this is weird. I was just uh, taking care of something um, on my phone. I, uh, I have renters back at my place in Catonsville, and I um, uh, they, they wanted to set up a direct deposit for... Uh, their rent check and capital one does a trial verification credit to my account and then i think part of the the drill is that um, the person depositing or crediting um, to an account then verifies the deposit amount so uh, my tenant was like hey how much was were those trial deposits for and I told her how much and then she used that to help verify with the bank that yes indeed you know we're sending the right we're, we're engaging with the right bank account etc um, what I what would kind of creep me out a little bit was that they can also do trial uh, credits um, or yeah so there were debt debits and credits right um, so they were doing trial credits to my account. So like, you know, 41 cents or 22 cents would show up in your account and then they'll do, uh, they'll debit it back out of your account. Um, and I was like, well, that's kind of weird that that banking entity can just get into my savings or, or checking, right? It's a checking account in this example. Um, and just debit that 61 cents back out. And I was like, oh my goodness, like that's kind of unnerving. I was like, I hope the people that are engaging in these activities are trustworthy. Um, yeah, so I'm going to keep my eye on that one and make sure nothing wonky shows up. Um, I always do a pretty good job of keeping an eye on my uh, bank account statements and things and credit card charges. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've seen that happen with credit cards before, right? You go to a store, you return something maybe, and they're like, okay, yeah, we'll just put this uh, you know, credit back on your credit card. It's like, okay, cool, thanks. And then you expect to see 78 bucks show up from Kohl's or Target or wherever. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I had not seen that with my checking account or other than me trying to disperse a payment out somewhere. So that's kind of weird. Um, I'm a little, little not impressed about that. So, um, yeah, anyway, uh, if you can't tell, I'm in a little bit of a, Funky mood, funky mood. Uh, I'm not sure what to attribute that to, um, but uh, a little piano in front of me today to try to break the uh, break the routine a little bit. And um, specifically, I wanted to talk about learning the song Karma Police. It, yeah, if I sound a little distant, it's because I've got this microphone dangling here. I hope it sounds okay. Um, but yeah, so in the song Karma Police, I learned it the other day after seeing Radiohead at uh, Austin City Limits a few weeks back. I came home with a newfound appreciation for Radiohead, and Karma Police struck me as a song that a lot of people know, 
but it's sort of on the fringe and it's it's strange and has cool melodies and um, would be a cool one for me to learn. Sorry, as I get situated here. Let me see if I can play a little piano for y'all. Oops, I got excited. down perfect yet but uh like right something like that this is what you get when you mess with us then C right um, and then it has this cool bridge part where they uh, vamp in this this they kind of just right uh, And then what's weird there is they, they bring in this E major chord. So earlier in the progression and in the tune, this chord was a minor chord, and now it's a major chord, which, get, which gives it that very you know, unique sort of soaring uh, vibe there, because you're in B minor here. Uh, oops, that's B major. B minor here. Hey, bear with me. I'm a, I'm a guitar player and singer, first and foremost. This piano stuff uh, takes, a little bit of, uh, takes a little bit of practice. So yeah. This walk up, I really like. I lost myself. I lost myself. Right? E major instead of E minor. Doing a little music lesson here. Get your ears in shape. Um, yeah, so in the beginning of the uh, progression, right, this. Police. E minor is right there, right? One of the things that I think is cool about this progression is that it's alluding to, um, it, it uses F, F sharp or G flat and G all in the same sort of progression, which it doesn't sound like all those notes should go together here, but listen, we've got A minor and then it's a D with a F sharp in the root and then E minor, but then on the passing note we go F sharp G, F sharp G, half step, right? So it's just a passing note from E minor. Did you hear it there? Uh, sorry, bad footwork there with the pedal. I sustained through it by accident. So here. Yeah, try it one more time. But then immediately on the second phrase of the vocal, Instead of going to the D with the F sharp in the root, it goes to... <laughs> I'm, I'm the worst piano Radiohead cover song teacher in the world. Oh my god. Okay, so first phrase. A minor. D with the F sharp in the root. E minor. Use that F sharp to G that I talked about. And then A minor. 
F E minor, but then that F sharp root again. So within that one phrase, you know, those two phrases, we have F with F sharp, and then we also get um, uh, we got F sharp with G, and then we also get our F with our F sharp and our G all in that phrase. So the phrase is A minor, F, and then E minor, F sharp, to get back to G. I think that's really clever. Whenever you can use three notes next to each other chromatically, right, three notes chromatically, if you play them, it sounds like trash, right? That's, that's trash. Those are three notes that are right next to each other. And yet, what I just demonstrated, uh, and what Radiohead wrote around was this, you know, A, F, E, F sharp, G. So that, that F chord, there's some, it's a major chord, but there's a little bit of tension there. So A minor, F, and then E. That's a cool phrase. And then, uh, and then they have a, a third variation on this, so the A minor, it doesn't repeat itself too much. This, uh, you know, there's cool little hitches. I, I, I sometimes like to call them hitches in a progression, right? Instead of just doing the C to G, let's like throw in this passing note, or let's hit this B minor chord, uh, you know, or whatever, what have you. Uh, do something a little bit, uh, uh, you know, throw in a hitch in there with the rhythm, or some sort of rhythmic hitch, right? There's all sorts of ways to talk about music, and that's just one of the the terms that I've gravitated towards. Uh, let's throw a little hitch in it. So Radiohead has a bunch of hitches in this progression. It doesn't repeat itself four times in a row. It's got little nuances on the second time, and um, maybe even, yeah, it doesn't repeat itself once throughout the, the, the whole thing. I'm, I'm music nerding out here. So uh, A minor, F sharp with a D, right? E minor, G, A detuned radio. So they walk through. He's, uh, let's see here. A minor. It's like a detuned radio. So it's like. Is that right? That's not right. So that's your G. And your, there's your G flat again, F sharp. And then C. Walk down to B on your way to your A minor, and then this cool little turn with your D minor. I'm sorry, B minor to D, and then you can either use that to go back into the progression, or you can use it to get into the. This is what you get. Right? Um, or from the D. 
at the end of the tune they go into their bridge or the the outro the coda whatever you want to call it the for a minute there i lost myself and then i lost myself so anyway Really cool how they use the E minor and E major in the same composition, as well as using the F, um, F sharp, and G all in the same composition. Um, makes for some really interesting little flows of melody, and uh, Tom York is, is certainly a badass at that. Um, yeah, sorry if that went on too long or, or sounded too nubby, but uh, just thought I'd, uh, you know, do a slightly different thing here on the podcast. I, I just feel agitated. You know, I, I don't think that was my A game. I didn't really have mojo just there. Um, I'm, I'm kind of short on time. I think that might be contributing. I, I wonder if other creatives um, are similar in that I feel like I really need to take a lot of time to incubate and just sort of self-love in order to perform my best. Um, in order to feel like performing music and just putting music out into the universe is something that's that's worthwhile. Like I can't, it's it's hard for me to do that when I'm agitated. Um, but then again, it's also a remedy for being agitated, right? This is peaceful to me to to talk about moving around between different chords, um, and just that phenomena of music. Like it, I really do love music. And uh, I think sometimes I, I forget to think about that. It's so natural to me that I, 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 you know, I don't know. I just, I don't really think about like, oh my gosh, I really love music. I think I've gotten back into that a little bit lately, which is good. And that's why I'm able to articulate it. But, um, uh, but probably because of some of the recent gigs I had, um, got to play a coffee house called Janie's. And um, if you'll recall, I told a story about, um, auditioning for this gig and uh, coyote joe booked me the gig and i got it and lo and behold you know weeks and months goes by time keeps on slipping 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 into the future um i should learn that song um so janie's went really well and it was cool it's a really cool coffee shop bar um, restaurant with just a little bit of seating indoors, a nice big patio outdoors area, um, and uh, no TVs. Um, just sort of like come and bring the community together. And they've got music seven days a week. And they also had a little sign out front with their music for the week. You know, their specials, any um, any drink specials, any food specials. Um, the night I was there, they had uh, some folks from one of the local breweries, I think it's called Uncle Bear's. Um, I'm, I'm not positive if that's correct. Uncle Bear's. I remember they had some mascot, some of their like beer graphic art was about uh, surrounding dogs. Um, but uh, yeah, Janie's was great. Hold on, I gotta let Jack in. Speaking of dogs... Okay, and Jack is back inside. Um, so Janie's was was really cool. So they, yeah, they had. Um, you can tell they take themselves seriously, and they, you can tell that they want to create a little community of repeat customers with their various events and um, drink specials and, and live music seven days a week, which I was pretty blown away by. Um, in a cool town called Cave Creek up here in uh, northern Arizona. Um, 
the uh, it was really easy, beautiful night too. Such perfect weather um, in uh, early fall here in in the Phoenix area in the valley, as we say. It really is a valley too. Um, the, the the clouds really can't get over the mountains that are around the valley, unless it's a really big storm. Um, was I already talking about that? How the other the other day I was driving with uh, with the family on the way to do something fun, and I noticed there was a lot of clouds in the sky, but they were all behind the mountains. And I was like, wow, that like the mountains are actually a physical barrier to the weather that comes through. And the only kind of weather that's going to be able to get through is going to be really powerful weather. Um, so I was like, that's interesting. It's like you you filter yourself from, um, you know, it's like a gate. It's like a gate with a level set. And then above that certain threshold, it comes through. But um, I was thinking in terms of like sound engineering, actually. Um, that's what that's one of the good things about doing this podcast is it forces me to use my recording equipment, which I, sometimes I, I'm all about, and oftentimes I let go for long lapses without using it. Anyway, so Janie's, <laughs> I'm all over the map here. Um, a, uh, so Janie's was really cool. Um, so like I said, there were no TVs. The folks that were sitting there were there for for food and drink and company and music, and they stuck around for the music. You know, I had some folks that sat there for quite a while and enjoyed themselves and and were putting in requests. Um, I got really cool requests that night, um, and uh, there was even a table of folks who heard me play a Martin Sexton song, and they were like, "Hey, yeah, we, woohoo! We, you know, we're Martin fans." I was like, "Oh, awesome!" It's like that's really cool. And they were like, play Glory Bound. I was like, ooh, I'd, I'd love to do that. So um, it was really cool because I, I work in a few Martin Sexton songs into my set. Um, and uh, it's it's not too often that people recognize it and uh, and call out, you know, other tunes to play. So, um, and then I had an Azul's gig. And the gigs were so close together. I got, they were only like two days apart. Um, it was a... Thursday night and a Saturday night gigs this past weekend, and uh, Azul was uh, was good. I mean, low key. I heard it was homecoming weekend, so a lot of folks weren't hitting the bars that night. There was really good sporting events on, so I wonder if folks were home watching the uh, the baseball and stuff. Oh, speaking of the baseball, did did you guys see that pitcher whose pinky was? cut so bad and bleeding so bad during his game it didn't get cut during the game so if you haven't seen the story look up um the pitcher's name is bauer for the cleveland indians um and he had a drone accident a few days ago like friday last week where he was he's a a do-it-yourself drone maker so he puts drones together um from kits sorry i just heard a big popping noise um, and when he was changing out the batteries, it was accidentally on and sliced off a piece of his finger. Like it looks like his pinky knuckle is pretty much sheared off. Like it's so gross. Um, like all that skin that's wrinkly around your knuckle, like all that was just, whoosh, just cut off. It was like a deep, gross, big cut on a, you know, MLB pitcher's right hand, his throwing hand. And, um, uh, he got 10 stitches and it healed up enough that they were going to start him, and he was going to try to pitch through it. But the, uh, the catch is that because of baseball rules, you can't have any, um, foreign substances on your hands. 
and this is to cut down on cheating, I guess, throwing like spitballs and stuff like that. You're not allowed to have band-aids or wraps or anything on your, your throwing hands. And, uh, so this guy had to go out there with his wound just exposed and two thirds of the way into the first inning. So he got two, um, he got through two batters. It started just dripping blood. It was so gross and everyone knew it was going to be a storyline. It was like, you know, it's only a matter of time until this thing busts open. And it gushed. And he had a dark blue uh, Cleveland Indians jersey on, but white pants on. He was trying to wipe it off in between pitches. He was wiping his pinky off on his shirt because um, it was just bleeding so bad. Um, and there's a couple blood spots got on his pants. He, he threw a couple more pitches after it was like really gushing and the cameras were on it. And this was like good high drama, like good baseball drama. Cause everyone, you know, everyone watching must've known that this couldn't go on for long, but the drama was in the story of, well, what's going to happen? And is he going to take himself out of the game? Is the umpire going to stop the game? You know, is the batter going to say, so it turns out that the Toronto Blue Jays manager came out and said to the, to the umpire, home plate umpire, Hey, you know, he's, he's bleeding a lot. You got to go check his hand. And they come out there and sure enough, they don't stop the bleeding enough. And this guy's got to go out of the game, you know, major league baseball playoff game. Um, so it just incredible story and just really gory too. And I was actually a little bit like I was observing myself being so captivated by it. I was like, I need to see what happens next. Like this is really entertaining, just really, um, cap captivating is maybe more of a better word than entertaining. It was entertaining too, but, um, and just like such a weird story and, um, the Toronto Blue Jays fans, uh, did like a little standing ovation when he had to come out, um, which was kind of a dick move, right? Cause this guy's injured. Um, so as you know, ironically and sort of, uh, as a, uh, a little fuck you back to the Toronto Blue Jays crowd, he gives him like a, a wave as he's heading out, um, you know, as if, they were cheering for his great outing when really they were cheering that he couldn't play any longer. You know, a starting pitcher going out that early is, is a big deal in a baseball game. But, uh, yeah, the Indians held on, and it was really, really crazy. But I uh, feel bad for the guy. Kind of think that, you know, maybe he could have gone out there with a Band-Aid on. But uh, just the, the the violent motion of throwing, you know, 96, 98-mile-an-hour fastballs with your hand, I mean, I think eventually you're just going to have so much activity and so much blood flow to your hand that it's going to be dripping uh, before too long. So, yeah, the 10 stitches couldn't hold up. It was such a gross-looking injury, and they kept showing it on TV, and I was, I was just I was glued, I was glued in. I was locked in. Um, so, yeah, so a couple gigs, uh, watching some baseball. The wifey is out of town um, uh, doing uh, hustling for the family, doing her work thing. Uh, she's in Denver, which is pretty cool. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so things are going good, hunkering down with the girls. And, uh, I'm going to wrap up here with a quick version of, uh, uh, my, t- my tune, little secret <clears throat> on the piano. Let's give this a whirl. See if I can get some mojo. <coughs> see if I can get some mojo going on this one. So I, I often introduce this song live by saying uh, I, I wrote it after listening to a bunch of John Prine. 
flag of our good old union Bring it in the nights I can As the sun goes down on the horizon I vow to be a better man Gonna tape a quarter to the bottom corner Across them stars, white on blue so when the wind whips the flag or pillow, but it won't get stuck and ripping on the roof. It's my little secret and I wish I could reveal, but it's coming in one and going out the other. Smiling secret and I wish you'd understand I'm bound to be a better man I'm gonna plant a seed and watch it good and give thanks and all if I get food Got a little secret that it all tastes better Tinker with a busted stereo, find what ain't looking like it should. Swapping a piece, lay between the speakers, and that vinyl sounds so good. It's my little secret, and I wish I could reveal, but it's coming in. Going out the other year. It's my little secret and I wish you'd understand I'm bound to be a better man I'm bound to be a better man So I just realized I kind of use that F sharp minor trick same same thing F sharp uh, F sharp to G back to F back to C yeah music's easy you know F sharp F C weird right it works I'm gonna save a dog gonna raise a baby gonna tell my wife what's on my mind even if it gets me in a little bit of trouble A little now's better than a lot down the line Oops, fuck! That's where... It's my little secret and I wish I could reveal But it's coming in my little secret and I wish you'd understand I'm bound to be a better man I'm bound to be a better
All right. Uh, I I feel like I should apologize after this podcast. This one wasn't so good. Maybe it's good. I don't know. Maybe it's bad. I'm going to try to detach from the result and just enjoy uh, enjoy the journey. Um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like maybe I should try to power myself through this little agitation that I'm in. That felt okay. I mean, I had a couple little stumbles, and I'm proud of myself for tackling some piano. Um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I just need to go for a jog, and I'll feel better. I think I'm, I miss my wife. She's She's out. It's always a little bit... Um, no, that's okay. I'll be okay, everybody. I'll be okay. She's home Wednesday night. Actually, I got a gig Wednesday night at uh, Wild Vines uh, up in Anthem. Cool little wine bar with a groovy, uh, really groovy, glass-blown light fixture. I was going to say candelabra. What word am I looking for? Not light fixture, but... Uh, when it, okay, lighting that hangs from the. It's not a candelabra. This is not like Phantom of the Opera. In sleepy sang to me a strange duet. Um. All right, that made me chuckle. I'm glad I stuck with the podcast for a couple minutes. All right, um, what the hell is that word? <sighs> chandelier, not candelabra, chandelier. Maybe those, is that the same word? It just means something different? I don't know. All right. <laughs> um. Take it easy, everybody.